Michael James Warren with the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. What a great guest we have tonight. Former number two tennis player in the world, Michael Chang, joins us. He was the French Open champion in 1989, and of course he made numerous Grand Slam final appearances at uh, the U.S. Open and also the Australian Open. Uh, right now he's the current coach of Kei Nishikori, who's number five in the world. Uh, this man is an evangelist. We're going to find out all about his life. He really loves the Lord Jesus. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello. You know, your faith means a lot to you. You were very open early in your career, and of course you still are, uh, after tournaments and during tournaments and interviews, telling people your faith, your love for Jesus, and uh, you did it very openly. There were times where you actually wrote Jesus Loves You on tennis balls and, of course, put your name together with it as an autograph. And tell us a little bit about that. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, it's kind of an interesting story because, um, I mean, when I first started signing, you know, autographs and stuff, I would, you know, I'd sign Michael Chang and it kind of got shorter and shorter and, you know, might be a good opportunity to, you know, share the Lord with people. And, and so for a period of time, I, I wrote, you know, God loves you. And, um, you know, the lady, the uh, young lady that I signed it for, she says, uh, she says, you know, Michael, she says, I know you're a Christian, you know, and I understand when you say God loves you, but let me ask you a question. She goes, if people don't know that Jesus Christ is, is Lord and, and is God, when you write God loves you, who do you think they think they're th- you're talking about? When she told me that, it, it really struck a chord with me. So from that time on, I, you know, I, I, I wrote Jesus loves you, and to this day, it's, uh, it's still a way that I sign my autographs. I totally agree. I think it's an important message, and often lost sometimes in the church, as simple as it is, Jesus loves you. And when people hear that, you know, I go to Target or Walmart, and I'll tell the cashier, Jesus loves you, and their eyes light up. You know, people people welcome that. You know, I think in the same way, you know, people, I think, are, are fairly open to, to being prayed for. You know, I think it's, they're maybe a little bit more cautious if, if you say, hey, you know, uh, can I talk to you a little bit about Jesus Christ and, and who he is, and and uh, share with you a gospel message. And I think people are, sometimes people are a little bit more hesitant. But if people are going through a difficult time and, and they realize that you're showing love to them and you say, hey, can I pray for you? You know, very seldom will you ever have someone say, no, I don't want you to pray for me. You know, overall, um, you know, people, people like to know that they're cared for and like to know that they're important. And, uh, and that's the way it should be. Amen. And I want to ask you something, Michael. Uh, whenever you stand up for Jesus, you're going to have some persecution, you know, and you being in the public eye, did you experience that at all from, from any players or sponsors, anything like that? I got resistance coming from different, um, uh, different avenues, different uh, uh, people groups. I never had any resistance coming from sponsors. I, I've got it a little bit, obviously, from the press. Um, I did get it from some various crowds in, in different parts of the world. You know, even got it from, from some of my fellow players. You know, I think for the most part, you know, when you realize that you've been blessed in so many ways and you, you realize, you know, that the talent that you've been given is from the Lord and it's, it's for a purpose, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. You know, I don't think it would be, you know, proper for me to be able to say, yeah, you know, all these things that I've accomplished and all these, you know, gifts that I've received are, are because of my own doing. I mean, that would just just would not be the truth, you know, and, um, and people need to know that. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you stand up for the Lord, uh, the Lord stands up for you, you know, and I always want to be able to, to give, to give the Lord credit because, um, you know, he's the reason why, uh, why I've experienced all the things that I've experienced through tennis and, and, and accomplishments. And, uh, you know, you got to give glory where glory is due. 
Absolutely. There's a situation that happened when you won the French Open, of course, even before in some of your matches where the press is asking you questions and you're saying, I am nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, anytime a sports star says something like that, they're in for it, you know? So uh, tell us a little bit about that, because I understand there was definitely some resistance in the French crowd. And I mean, especially, you know, you won the French Open. Tell us a little bit more about that situation. Yeah, it was very difficult um, in the beginning. I mean, uh, I had obviously my my really um, memorable match with Yvonne Lundell uh, in the round of 16, and you know, and I was asked, you know, how how were you able to get through that match? How were you able to win that match? And and you know, I said, well, Lord Jesus Christ gave me strength. By then, you know, I had my press conference and stuff, and they were asking, you know, a lot more in-depth questions about, you know, what's important to me, you know, what are my priorities in life, and so obviously it's a it's difficult to to not you know bring up the Lord and and my faith um, in those instances, and uh, the French press did not like that. Um, in fact, they wrote uh, very harsh uh, comments about me in the um, following day's paper. From from then on out, every match that I played uh, in France for for a number of years, the crowd was always against me, um, and it got to the point where my last three matches that I played, uh, they were actually booing me and jeering me as I walked out on the court and as I would warm up. I mean, it was, it was incredible. I had never experienced that in my, in my young career. And, uh, you know, I was 17 years old. I'd never had that kind of a hostile crowd, even, even playing something like Davis cup. I, you know, I never experienced that. So, you know, it was uh, not an easy thing. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I was playing a Paris indoor tournament. They booed me and they jeered me and stuff. And I remember being on the phone with my dad, um, right after the match. And I said, you know, I said it's just no fun to come to come and play in Paris. You know, I don't enjoy it, and and they obviously don't want me here. Um, you know, if I can help it, I'd rather just not come play here. And my dad said said something to me that was very important at the time. You know, and he said to me, he goes, he goes, Michael, you're a professional tennis player. You know, God's called you to be able to go out and play tennis in all different parts of the world. You're not always going to be able to choose to play all of your favorite events. Um, there's a reason why. You know, God brings you through these circumstances, and even though it's tough, um, even though it's a tough situation, uh, and, and this has been going on for a few years, you have to learn to deal with it. And you have to know that, you know, even though you have all these people, you know, against you, God is with you, and, and he'll help you through it. And so, you know, I kind of took that attitude, and, and uh, I said, okay. You know, every year subsequently, I think the people in France um, and the press themselves, obviously, uh, got a chance to know me, um, and I certainly got a chance to know them. And you know, as the years went on, you know, the crowds got better and better, and they welcomed me with open arms. Every time I walk out on the court, they they cheer for me as if I'm French, and uh, I feel very welcome there. Certainly would not um, have felt that way, you know, had I not stuck with it. You know, knowing that uh, you know sometimes th- these kinds of things take time. Yes, and a central theme of this conversation not only is about your career as a tennis player, but it definitely seems to be evangelism. And uh, no exception, the Michael Chang Foundation. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I know that you're using sports as a form of evangelism and sharing the gospel. Tell us what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, certainly we uh, you know take advantage of, of the opportunity through sports to be able to uh, to share and to witness. Um, you know, we really use the, the vehicles of, uh, of volleyball and basketball uh, and tennis, obviously, um, to be able to, uh, you know, reach out to people in the community. Um, you know, one of our big events that we have, uh, you know, each year out in, uh, in Southern California is we run a, uh, a USTA 
charity tennis tournament that's probably one of the biggest in uh, in California, and um, and we use it as a as a way to uh, to touch lives and touch hearts and uh, and impact people for the Lord. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, try to create one of the best uh, tournaments that there is for uh, for USGA and high school players. You know, being of uh, of Chinese heritage, um, you know, also taking advantage of opportunities to go and to to share in Asia, um, in Hong Kong, and and in China. You know, that obviously becomes a you know a very important uh, important part of the the piece of um, of ministry. And um, you know, it's not always the easiest thing, but I think that um, you know when you're able to go in you know, kind of a little bit under the radar of, uh, you know, of sports, you know, you're able to talk about tennis, but at the same time, you're able to talk about, you know, family, your personal life, uh, and your faith. You know, it's certainly a lot easier to, to do that than to just purely go into, you know, a place like China and just purely talk about the gospel. Michael, would you like to continue sharing the gospel that way? I mean, through various speaking engagements and through uh, sports evangelism, or would you like to be a pastor? You know, I'll be honest with you. I think everybody is really in that position. You know, as a believer, you know, there are people that will only hear of the gospel message from you. And I think that a lot of Christians don't uh, don't really understand that and don't really embrace that. Um, they think that person that they should be hearing the gospel message from is is really the pastors or the preachers. You know, more people come to know the Lord through through lay ministry than than anything else. You know, it may not be as as visible, I say, you know, thousands of people coming up for, you know, Billy Graham Crusade, but, um, you know, hearing it from, uh, from a family member or from a close friend and, and, um, and for them to be able to see things happening in that person's life and be able to experience together, that's where a lot of people really come to know the Lord. And I think if people understand that, um, they would probably be, you know, certainly a lot more conscious of, uh, of the opportunities that um, the Spirit gives us and, and little nudgings here and there to, to be able to, you know, share, you know, little tidbits of, of the gospel message or, um, you know, different ways in which we're able to, to show, you know, Christ's love. You know, believe it or not, um, you know, many of our uh, non-believing friends and, and uh, family members and, and even people that we come across take note of it. We not, may not necessarily be the one to say the prayer and bring them to know the Lord, but maybe we play one important step along the way, whether it's planting the seed, someone else comes and waters it, and, and ultimately, um, you know, God is the one that makes it grow. You know, every opportunity that we have, you know, it becomes very important, and, and we should try to take advantage of it. Yes, I agree. Friends and relatives alike, I'm in that situation myself, and you just pray that everybody will come to know the goodness of, uh, of the Lord and play a part in that. Let's talk about your current life right now as a coach. Kei Nishikori is the number five tennis player in the world, and he may go higher, too. Uh, he was 20 in the world before hiring you as his coach. Did you ever think that this would be your calling now? Because you've really gravitated toward being uh, an excellent coach. People have uh, paid homage to you about that. And uh, we've seen you on TV, of course, at the U.S. Open, uh, Kei Nishikori making the finals. Uh, tell us about your role as a coach. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I certainly embraced the opportunity to uh, be able to share you know, a lot of my experiences and um, you know, a lot of the things that uh, Kay is, uh, is going through now. Um, I've been through uh, in my career. So, you know, to be able to kind of, you know, teach him and educate him, um, you know, both things obviously on the court, but, but off the court as well, you know, dealing with, you know, balancing priorities in life, you know, trying to uh, handle different circumstances. So there's a lot of other kind of go into that, uh, 
you know, coaching, uh, you know, coaching description. Um, but I certainly did not, you know, expect to be in this, uh, uh, in this role, but it's been, uh, it's been rewarding. And, um, you know, I had gotten a chance to, to share with Kay a little bit. Um, you know, he's not, uh, he's not a believer, uh, but certainly he knows that we're Christian and, you know, we pray before uh, meals and, uh, you know, I have gotten a chance to, to pray with him a, a couple of different times. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, a lot of the actions that, uh, you know, that we do as a family will, you know, wear on him and, uh, and he'll see, you know, how important Christ is in our life. And, uh, and hopefully one day, um, make that decision for himself. Absolutely, and it's going to be great to see where the relationship leads, your coaching, and if Kei Nishikori could even be the number one player in the world. Hallelujah, that'd be great. Well, I want to ask you, Michael, you seem to champion the special things in each and every individual. How did you become that way? I mean, you know, I see you in some of these clinics, and the, the kids' eyes just kind of light up, and they feel special, but what makes you embrace that, the unique qualities that each and every individual has? Well, I think that... um you know, that's something that, that I certainly embrace because, you know, growing up, um, there weren't a whole lot of Asian tennis players out there. You know, there were really only a handful. And, um, you know, I'm obviously not the biggest guy out there. Uh, so when I started to do very well in, in my junior tennis um, and then was considering turning pro, you know, I had some very prominent people um, in the tennis industry tell me, you know, what a mistake it was and that I should not turn pro, that I should not go out and, um, you know, do a lot of the things that, uh, that I was doing and, and almost basically told me that I wasn't good enough to, to go out and to, uh, to play at this level. Um, you know, I'm not tall enough. I don't have the ball hard enough. My serve's too weak. My second serve's not strong enough. And so, you know, I think it becomes very frustrating to, to hear that sometimes from people that have, a, have in them, in their own careers have accomplished so much, especially out on the tennis court. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, you just have to realize that no two people are alike. And I, that's, you know, one of God's great gifts. You know, we're all unique and we're all uh, gifted in different ways. We may have one talent, we may have multiple talents, um, but it's our job to be able to go out and find that talent and, and go and make the most of it. And um, never in our in our mind and in our hearts should we base that upon what other people think. You know, if God places something in your heart and places a passion and desire in your heart to go and do something, you know, by all means, you owe it to yourself to, to go out there and, and try. You know, you never know. But, uh, you know, certainly if if, um, if I had listened to a lot of those voices, uh, I certainly wouldn't have turned pro, you know, a little before my 16th birthday and, and uh, certainly wouldn't have gone on to, you know, to have a, a you know, a very good career. And uh, so I always tell kids, um, you know, you're your own person. Uh, it's good to, to take good things from different people, but ultimately, you know, be your own unique person and your your own unique style, uh, because that's the way God made you, uh, and that's a special thing. Sometimes the differences that you have um, that are different from other people, that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you special. Yes, and of course, we're getting to know you as a person, Michael, and our audience can see your passion and faith for uh, dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ and your humble spirit as well. Uh, let me ask you a question. So, what would you like to see your life like, uh, the remainder of your life and the impact that you would have on other people and other Christians? Uh, give us an outlook, if you could. Yeah, I think it's one of these things where, um, you know, we want to live lives that are, that are impactful. Um, you know, certainly for me, tennis has been, you know, an incredible gift to, uh, to be able to go out and to uh, uh, use this gift to be able to touch lives and touch hearts. Um, I realize that at the same time, we're out there trying to win championships, but 
you know, each of us has been given gifts not for, you know, our own glory and our own purposes, but um, you know, we've been given gifts so that we can, uh, you know, make a difference in this world. And, um, you know, for me, that was certainly when I was out there playing and maybe now is, is as I'm coaching and, and uh, having different opportunities to share. Um, you know, now over the past, uh, you know, six years, you know, God's given me a different, um, you know, a different responsibility, and that is my family. So my wife and my kids, um, you know, become another important piece of, uh, of life and, and of ministry, and you certainly want to be able to, to pass on a lot of, you know, your values and the lessons that you've learned, you know, because that's, you know, otherwise if you're only keeping all those things that you've learned for yourself, then, you know, what good is that? You know, you have opportunities to be able to enrich people, and you, you definitely try to, uh, to take advantage of that. You know, I certainly feel very blessed where I am, and, uh, and you want to be able to share that joy with, uh, with other people so that, uh, you know, they can experience the Lord, too. Yeah, so you've been so gracious with your time, Michael Chang, and we appreciate getting a little glimpse into your heart. Certainly, we see the impact that the Lord has made in your life and, of course, the impact you're making in other people's lives. Uh, We've heard about your legacy, certainly tennis and as a coach and a wonderful family man that you become, a husband. Uh, What does it mean now, the Lord, to you? And and if you could just tell people, really, what would you tell them? What would you challenge people to know uh, about Jesus Christ and to have faith in him? The Lord is, is incredibly gracious and incredibly loving. You know, if you say to him, um, Lord, you know, reveal yourself to me. You know, help me to see that you're real uh, in my life. He'll, he'll do it, you know. I mean, he, he, you know, he wants uh, each and every one of us to, uh, to know that he's real and, and to know of his love. And, and um, you know, so I challenge people to, to do that. But a lot of times, um, you know, your eyes have to be looking at the same time. Um, and when you're able to see what God can do, you know, in and through your life and, and then all the talents and gifts that he's given you uh, and then the opportunities to be able to use those talents and gifts to, uh, to impact people and to make a difference in this world and, and at the same time to bring, you know, you uh, a sense of peace and, and joy like you've never known. You know, it's hard not to talk about the Lord. It's hard not to talk about, you know, how, how great and awesome he is. But, uh, you know, I do challenge people that. You know, I think it becomes an important part of it. You know, God reveals himself to, to each one of us in his unique way. You know, there comes a point in time where, you know, you just can't deny that, uh, that he's real. Amen. And that is the reason why you do so many interviews and you're so gracious with your time to let everybody know that the Lord Jesus Christ lives and is real and that we can once again have peace and joy in our hearts. Thank you for being on the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. Well, I want to leave our audience with some footage. I think this is really special from French Open Television. Michael Chang, when he was 17 years old, had the courage, much like David, to stand up and say, I believe in the one true living God and he has a name. His name is Jesus Christ, and he says he is nothing without him. That's Michael Chang saying that, and we uh, thank you for being part of our broadcast. Have a good night, everyone. Last and, and most importantly for me, I'd like to thank uh, Lord Jesus Christ, because he's without me. You know, I'm nothing, so... Uh, Parce que sans lui, je ne suis rien. 